2: Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well, of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Greetings, programs, and happy Thanksgiving. We are here for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins.
1: And my name is Derek Diamond.
2: So, you, uh, it's been a few weeks since we've been here, and I'm um, trying to remember how to do everything.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel yeah. like I haven't done a podcast in like a month because the last couple of episodes of my show I batch recorded. So, I, I got literally. Have not done a true like new podcast in almost three weeks. Well,
2: I hope everybody enjoyed last week's episode where I put up an old episode of Pop Culture Palette from like 2015, one of the very first shows that me and Derek Diamond ever did together. It was a round it was not a round table, it was a crossover episode with the Nerd Cave Guys and Pop Culture Palette. And I had gone back and listened to the episode just to make sure it was a good pick because I listened to like two or three different episodes that we did and uh, that was my favorite one because it had some good really good moments in it so I hope everybody enjoyed that
1: yeah it was fun to go back and listen to it and it's crazy to think you know it's, it's only been what that episode came out 5 years ago mm-hmm. but it seems like another lifetime cuz i know, I, I know I, for me i'm in a completely different position now than i was then so it's crazy to see how much has changed but Either way it was it was fun to go back and listen to that. So I was happy that that's what you decided to do.
2: Yeah, it was weird to go back and listen to it cuz it's just 5 years ago but so much has happened since then. Like all three of the Star Wars movies have happened. Terminator has had a complete reboot since Genesis. Um and some of the other things that we talked about and uh the only thing that kind of held up was my uh my uh opinion of Fury Road which came out that summer.
1: It's already been five years since that movie came out.: I know it's crazy. That's nuts. That's a- absolutely nuts. but no it was it was fun to go back and, and listen to that. Every now and then I like going back and listening to old shows yeah. just to you know kind of compare what was happening then to what's happening now if if we knew back then what 2020 <laughs> was going to be like.
2: Yeah, but you had a pretty uh, good uh,
1: couple of weeks. You had a nice little vacation jaunt. I did. So last Thursday or the the day that I left to go to California was my girlfriend's birthday. So we went out there to celebrate that. And also her best friend lives out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her husband's in the Navy, so he's stationed right outside of San Diego. And uh, her friend had her first baby a couple of months ago. So she wanted to go see the baby and hang out with them and everything. So. We did that, and then uh, went to Los Angeles for a couple of days. A lot of stuff is closed, mm. but there was still plenty of stuff to do. Like we could still walk around downtown LA, look at the Walk of Fame, walk around San Diego. Which I'm not gonna lie, I liked San Diego a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like it was, and the weather there was perfect. It was like high 60s, low 70s every mm. day. Yeah, with very little clouds. And I'm like, man, I want to live out here. Why does it have to be so expensive?
2: Yeah, I've heard it's quite uh, pricey to live in San Diego.
1: Well, late last year, I looked at some uh, places to live outside of L.A. And let's just say that my house payment is cheaper than a one-bedroom apartment. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rampage. I unfortunately did not meet uh, Carmen in San Diego. I did <laughs> look for. Her. I, I have no clue where in the world she's at, but I, I could not. Uh, I could not find her. But no, it was it was a really fun trip. It was good to just kind of get away and in a way like be disconnected from everything for about a week because I didn't check my work email. I didn't really do anything as far as like outside projects. I just went strictly to get away from everything so i think it was it was much needed but it was a lot of fun
2: i wish i could make another trip i've been saving my money to make another uh trip up to new jersey to see our friend uh joey image i plan on going in christmas but uh looks like everything's going to be back to uh back to not good during christmas so i'm gonna hold off on my trip for a while I uh, wanted to go to New York. I wanted to see. I wanted to see the tree at Rockefeller Center. I wanted to go to the Nintendo World in New York and just do a lot of a lot of stuff I didn't get to do last time I was up there. But it's a crap time in the world right now, man. It's a if, they, if future scholars are listening back to all these old podcasts, hundreds of years in the future, we are recording from the pandemic of 2020, and uh, we're in the middle of it right now. It's almost the uh,
1: the Christmas season and. Things
2: aren't looking good.
1: No, and that was why I feel like I went on my vacation at the right time because things were actively closing as I was out there. Yeah. Like, there were still, like, all museums closed, like, the day after we got there. And there were other, like, restaurants and other businesses that were open the day that we got there. But a couple of days later, they had already shut down. Yeah, they're going
2: into a big lockdown right now, so... Yep. That's it's
1: probably going to have to happen again
2: all over the country because we can't, you know, <laughs> we can't. We're not allowed to to do things ourselves because we just can't handle it. We're 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 like the the kids that have to get slapped on the wrist and like now you're getting sent to your room.
1: Pretty much, and it's unfortunate because there's a lot of stuff that you know that like me personally that I'm looking forward to that's supposed to happen early next year that still isn't. You know, confirmed to happen. Yeah. Like, who who knows if Pensacon will happen?
2: I know that's it's gonna suck if it doesn't happen. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna do if we don't have Pensacon.
2: (laughs) We'll have to have a little tiny Pensacon. We'll have our own Pensacon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great.
2: Uh, Mixmaster asked in in the chat room if anybody got a PS5 or an Xbox. I plan on getting the Xbox S series, um, but I'm going to wait a few months. I I always wait at least six months after the launch of a new console to let them work the bugs out of it before I go and get one. I learned my lesson with the Xbox 360. I went and got that thing when it first launched, and and it red-ringed on me twice. So I was like, you know what? From now on, I'm just going to wait.
1: There's been very few video game moments that have been anxiety-inducing to me as the red ring of death. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm with you in the sense that I'm gonna wait until sometime early next year. I still don't know which console I'm gonna get yet. I'm leaning more towards the Xbox, mm-hmm. but if I get one, it'll be you know early to mid next year.
2: My thing with it is, it just seems like Xbox has the the better value this time around, especially with the, uh, the the Game Pass. And being able to have all the old games that I already had associated with my account, all the the downloadable games that I had, uh, you know, a lot of the indie games that I had on the Xbox 360, I'll be able to bring those back and play on the Xbox S. Uh, that's highly motivating for me to get one. Um, and I love my PS4, don't get me wrong. I play some great games on that thing, but... Um, I've always been an Xbox guy. Then this last generation was the only time I didn't get an Xbox because it just the Xbox One just didn't do it for me. Uh, the PS4 did this time around, but coming up this next round, there's nothing that really Sony is dangling in front of me. There's no carrots they're dangling in front of me uh, that make yeah. me want to get a PS5. So there's really nothing there.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm. I'm in the same boat as you. When it comes to like I, I think if you look at it at face value the Xbox is the way to go. Absolutely. And and this this was the only time yeah cuz I got a 360 over the PS3 and then I got the PS4 over the Xbox 1. Yeah. So I'll I'll likely switch back to Xbox.
2: Hello Hodoken masters. He says in the chat room that uh, ultimately PlayStation always ends up having better exclusives than Xbox, which is true. But I don't know, uh, but it, Microsoft has uh made some strides buying up uh different game uh developers this go around. I mean, they they picked up a couple of different game publishers to to get some exclusives themselves. So I think they're going to give Sony a run for their money this time around, but we'll see. I mean, I'm, you never know. I might end up with both of them. You never know. I might get an X- Xbox first and then end up with a PS5 down the road. But right now, it's it's looking like it's going to be the Xbox for me.
1: I agree with Mixmaster. He says the PS5 design is bad. It reminds me of a router.
2: Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, but I'm ready to go into the news. How about you?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
2: This comes to us from I Am The Rampage via email. Uh, this is from Inverse.com. Never heard of this site before. Um, rumored Castlevania remake could resemble Bloodborne. Soon, Sony might be in the process of acquiring a handful of iconic Konami franchises to reboot as PlayStation 5 exclusives. Uh, and in addition to rumors about a Silent Hill revival, a new and somewhat sketchy rumor cl- claims that Sony also wants to revive a classic action-adventure gothic horror series by emulating Bloodborne, one of the single best games from 2015. Um, a r- rumor recounted last week from Jack of All Controllers resurfaced an anonymous post originally published in mid-January um, on less-than-trustworthy forum 4chan. These alleged leaks were largely ignored for months until the trustworthy leaker and online publisher Aesthetic Gamer revealed that they'd heard from sources familiar with the matter that Sony wanted to revive Silent Hill um, for the PS5, but also that the company wanted to acquire the rights to the Metal Gear and Castlevania franchises. So, if they come out with a Castlevania a new Castlevania game that's exclusive to PS5, now that's very very tempting to get a PS5.
1: That would be a huge get yeah, by Sony would. if that were to happen. I mean, even you know like in addition to Castlevania, mentioning like Metal Gear, Silent Hill, if they got both of those too, that would be that would be a game changer. Yeah. I had no clue that it's been nearly 6 years since a Silent Hill game.
2: I know. Uh the last one that I played was Silent Hill 2 I think on the PS2 and mm-hmm. I had to stop playing it after a few days cuz it was giving me nightmares like that game's crazy.
1: Never played a Silent Hill game.
2: Oh they're they're uh horrifying. <laughs> I if you like horror games they're probably some of the best you can get but at the same time like it was like severely giving me nightmares so I had to had to stop
1: playing it. If they give you nightmares, I should probably stay away. (laughs) (laughs) But no, if if they got the exclusive rights to these franchises Mm -hmm. like that, that would be something that could really turn some heads.
2: Yeah. Well, they've already got exclusive rights to Metal Gear. You know, that's always been a uh, Sony PlayStation exclusive. But, you know, if they get the Castlevania franchise, dude, if they come back with a Contra franchise, if they're starting to pick up Konami uh Konami franchises. Holy crap. If they come out with a whole new version of Contra, I'm in.
1: For sure. Yeah, Rampage says Bloodborne is the closest thing to a Dark Souls game that I've ever played. Uh yeah, yeah I've, I've I've I know of Dark Souls, but I haven't I never I haven't played, played that the either. Dark
2: Souls game. I, I've heard it's really difficult and I'm just not into pounding my head against the wall to play a
1: game these days. Yeah. Yeah, if... Castlevania would be huge Yeah. if would. they get it for the PS5. But our next story comes to us from nintendolife.com. I always get the Christmas-themed articles, and I love it. Uh, Puma is releasing a pair of NES-themed sneakers just in time for Christmas. Puma has been doing some neat sneaker collaborations of late, taking on both Mario and his erstwhile rival Sonic. And now the sports brand is back with a pair of shoes which celebrate the iconic NES console. The future Riders sneakers are due for release on December 4th, 2020 and boast the famous NES coloring, a power button on the side, and Super Mario Bros. detailing on the tongue. There's no word on how much these are going to cost, but we can imagine they will prove to be very popular with Nintendo fans. They're also releasing new designs as part of its Puma x Super Mario Brothers range which you can view below. We already knew about the Sunshine and Galaxy versions but there are two new designs as well which arrive on November 27th. So there's four different shoes. And actually I, I think say, it's
2: five, is it? Isn't it five? Cuz you got the one that looks like the that's got the Nintendo aesthetic. Okay, yeah. I didn't count the one at the top, yeah, and it's got and the. There's four other ones at the bottom. It looks like it has um, the box art for Super Mario Brothers on the tongue, with mm-hmm. Mario shooting the, the the fireball. I like mm-hmm.
1: that. Honestly, out of these five. The one at the top, the the NES one, is probably my favorite.
2: Yeah, I like that one, and then I like the one at the very bottom, on the bottom left. Uh, the purple and black ones looks like it's um got the got the star on it on the
1: mm-hmm. side. Yeah, the uh the Luma from Mario Galaxy. Yeah, that that one looks kind of
2: cool too. I like that one. I I kind of like the Mario. I guess this is a Mario Three themed, or mm-hmm. the one on the top right.
1: Yeah, because it's got the little Raccoon Mario tag. Well, no, he's got the no, wing cap from yeah, Mario 64. Yeah, it might be,
2: but I don't know. It, I can't really tell. It doesn't have them labeled or anything. Um, but I yeah. do really like the NES-themed one. Those were the ones I would probably
1: go for. Yeah, same. It, it makes me think of, I think it was back in 2016 when Nintendo did a partnership with Vans. They oh, had yeah. some really cool ones. I I was able to get the um the NES uh controller design shoe that I still have, but a, a lot of them like they just sold so quickly that they were just really tough oh, to find.
2: Yeah. It doesn't give a price on these either. How much they're gonna be? Hmm. Nope. It does not have yeah. any pricing anywhere yet. I would imagine these are probably gonna be about fifty bucks. Probably fifty, sixty.
1: Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, sixty is probably where I would go. Which I mean is no cheaper than or more expensive than other shoes of that brand. So yeah. if if I can find a pair of these NES ones, I'll I'll likely get them. Yeah, me too. Cause I, I like the design a lot.
2: Uh this is another story that came from uh from I Am the Rampage via email. Uh at NintendoEverything.com there's a rumor that Dragon's Dogma 2 Mega Man matched a new Onimusha, Monster Hunter 6 remakes, and more mentioned in Capcom leak. Um, Capcom has been hit by significant leaks over the past few days. Following a network breach, news regarding the company's future plans began to spread online. Among the news concerned, e- English localization of the Great Ace Attorney titles, as well as another collection for the series, and even Ace Attorney 7. Never heard of those. Uh, it seems that the leaks have continued... And arguably, in an even bigger way, a tentative plan for Capcom's lineup from Q4 2021 through 2024, supposedly leaked today, revealing even more unannounced projects um, they, they have a full lineup here. They have Resident Evil Outrage um, for end of 2021, Dragon's Dogma 2, Street Fighter 6, um, Rockman, which is uh, Mega Man in English, for quarter three 2022, A Resident Evil 4 remake. That's the one I'm waiting waiting on. Uh, Onimusha New Work. I love Onimusha Warlords. Um, Monster Hunter 6. Biohazard Apocalypse. Super Street Fighter 6. Final Fight remake. I'm ready for that one. Power Stone remake. Ultra Street Fighter 6. And Resident Evil Hank. Who the hell is Resident Evil Hank? (laughs) Is he (laughs) some, some trucker that comes into the Resident Evil franchise? Like, hey, this is Hank. I'm here to tear shit up
1: it's the long awaited collaboration (laughs) between Resident Evil and King of the Hill yeah (laughs) I I think it's cool that they've essentially got a five year plan yeah with these like you you look at all the way to the end of 2024 I mean that sounds like a long ways away but to be perfectly honest with fast as things go these days it'll be here before you know it and it's to Mm -hmm. me it's a good sign that a company has plans that extend beyond like 2021.
2: Yeah, I like Capcom games too. Capcom's always been a pretty solid developer, uh, and when they're talking about new Onimusha games, and I and yes, Mixmaster Onimusha were great games, and I, I don't think they were hugely popular because I don't. I never hear people talking about the Onimusha games, but man, those were some of my favorite. When I think of the PS2. Onimusha Warlords is the first game that pops in my head because I think that was actually the first game I ever played for the PS2 was Onimusha Warlords because I think it was a launch title, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I can't remember if it was or not. (coughs) But there there are a couple of games on this list that I'm looking forward to, like the Final Fight remake I'll definitely want to play. I'm curious (laughs) as to what Mega Man matches.
2: I'm here to kill zombies and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum for uh, Resident Evil Hank. <laughs> uh love that quote. But yeah, I'm Let's excited see. about this, honestly.
1: Yeah, no, there there's some stuff there you know over the next few years that I'm looking forward to. I'm curious of what Mega Man matches.
2: Yeah, I know. I wonder if that's going to be sort of a uh like Mario 35 or or you know Tetris uh 99 Tetris 99. I wonder if that's going to be like a Mega Man style um, cage, not cage match. What am I trying to say? That game type, Um,
1: like a battle royale, yeah, like
2: a battle royale cage match. (laughs) (laughs) Mega Man cage match. Who would you have in a Mega Man cage match? What, dude, that would be an awesome um, uh, uh, Smash Brothers mode cage match. Who would you oh, who man. would you want in your cage match? I'm definitely going with Mega Man.
1: Oh, uh, Mega Man would be a good one. Like who? But who would his opponent be? Uh, you, like, could be
2: the, the... yep. uh, you could have Samus. Uh, yep. You could have Mario with uh, whatever power up you would want Mario to have, like the Fire Flower or the Tanuki Suit or Yoshi. You could have him with Yoshi. Yep. Um, let's see who else could be in there. You could have
1: Luigi. In there. Um, I think you'd have to have the ultimate hero versus villain tag team match Bowser and Ganondorf versus uh, Mario. Oh,
2: that'd be so awesome. Like, get on this, Nintendo. Let's do a cage match style wrestling game, but Smash
1: Brothers style with a cage match. I would love it. Uh, how awesome God, would that be? You, could you imagine doing like. Out even more like outlandish wrestling matches like freaking <laughs> casket match.
2: Uh like um imagine like uh Bowser doing a you know top rope uh elbow drop um uh, Randy Savage style elbow drop on Mario. That would be awesome.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> that would be if that happened, like honestly, you could probably just end my life after I play that game because it oh, won't get be too much better than that.
2: That sounds. Oh, I would. I would play that.
1: Oh, day one purchase in a heartbeat. Like that. That would be one that if I. I mean, I'd likely buy it online. But if we could only buy games physically, I would do some of those moves to people <laughs> in front of me in line. Yeah. <laughs> in to get to it,
2: Nintendo World Cage Match. Cage. Smash. I'm down for that. Then you could actually put real wrestlers in there. You could have like Hulk Hogan, like 80s era Hulk Hogan against Bowser. Oh my God. Randy Macho Man Savage against like Solid Snake.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm just picturing an interaction between I'm trying to think of who would pair well with The Rock.
2: Uh, Simon Belmont. Yes. Yes.
1: That that would be, God! Just the muscles alone would be freaking amazing. You can
2: have Little Mac <laughs> against like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: Oh, that'd be great.
2: <laughs> I'm down for that. This is a good idea because I might get Nintendo on the phone. Call up Nintendo of America. Who's running Nintendo now after Reggie left?
1: I feel like if Reggie were still in charge, he'd be all for the idea. Oh, yeah. Now I mean, I've never met. I've never met Reggie, but. I'd actually like to meet Reggie one day. Uh,
2: Maybe he'll do some appearances one day. Like cons or something. Maybe.
1: We should try and interview him for episode 300 of the show. That'd be awesome.
2: We need to get started on that now.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right. so moving on to our next story. This comes to us once again from nintendolife.com sealed copy of Super Mario Bros. 3 sells for $156,000, breaking another world record. Wow! Earlier, earlier this year in July, a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers for NES sold for $114,000. It set a new record for the most expensive video game ever sold. While most probably expected it to hold the record for some time, the highest paid price for a video game at an auction has now been broken again. Heritage Auctions revealed it sold a sealed copy of the 1990 NES game Super Mario Bros. 3 on Friday for $156,000. The lot opened building at $62,500. Already an impressive sum for the game graded uh, 9.2. But 20 bidders got in the game, sending the final price soaring towards the world record during what would become the world's first ever million-dollar video game auction. That's crazy because I I remember us talking about the the sealed copy of the original Mario Brothers and mm-hmm. I think we even said that we expected that to be the most like the most expensive one ever sold for some time. Yeah, but well, here we are, you know, four months later. Well, and the it's reason
2: all like the reason that this one is going for so much money because this is a sealed copy of, um, I think this is the the mess up boxes where they have Bros on the left, covering up his uh, glove. Like, yeah. you see my poster back here. You've got Mario Brothers up above the hat, and that's the yeah. way it normally is. But on this one, it's actually on the left, and I don't think there were very many of those. And if you find one sealed, you're uh, you're in the money.
1: I wish I had something like this that I could sell for six-figure deal yeah no
2: kidding (laughs) that all i would do all week is just this show we would be nerd cave every night of the week
1: (laughs) oh absolutely
2: that's crazy i wish i could find one of these in the wild with somebody that doesn't know what they have
1: what would your reaction be if that happened (laughs) if i found one of these in the
2: wild yeah i'd be like "Uh, i'll take it off your hands you know I'll, i'll give you 10 bucks for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that then uh, I'd be shaking as I'm handing them the money, <laughs>
1: just deep breaths,
2: just play cool, man. Just play cool. But, uh, for, uh is this man. our last story? This is our last story here. isn't it? Yep. It is, yes. Um, this is from nintendolife.com, one of my favorite sites. Uh, Capcom uh, Capcom's releasing a mini arcade system packed with Mega Man and Street Fighter games, and it will be available this Christmas in Japan. I hope it comes here soon. Uh, the craze for microconsole shows no sign of slowing down, with Capcom now revealing that it's about to release a mini arcade machine packed with classic titles dubbed the Retro Station, this tabletop has an 8-inch screen and weighs 2.1 kilograms. It comes with the following titles. Mega Man the Power Battle, Mega Man 2 the Power Fighters, Mega Man X, Mega Man Soccer, Mega Man and Bass, uh, Japanese console version, Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition, Super Street Fighter 2, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, and Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. Um, And the unit has been on sale on Amazon Japan uh, it doesn't have any pricing information, though. Uh, it says it previously said 21,780 yen, which is around $210 uh, American. Uh, we'll release on Japan on December 1st. It doesn't say when it's going to be released in America, but this thing is actually pretty cool looking.
1: Yeah, I would be afraid that I would break it.
2: Yeah, it because does look not- kind of flimsy in the neck area. But I like the way it looks, though. I wish it was more solid.
1: I think also it would make a really great display item.
2: Yeah. Like, if you had, like,
1: a nerd room where Mm -hmm. you had just, like, old consoles, like, this would look great on, like, that type of a shelf. Yeah. What I'm I'm curious about is, like, I'm looking at the, the titles that are with it, what is Mega Man and Bass? I've
2: never heard of that before in my life. That's gotta be some sort of Japanic uh Japan only uh Damn. Rock I'm Man on and that. Bass or something like that. Cause I've never heard of that either. And yeah, Mixmaster Gunsmoke is a great Capcom game. That's one of the best ports to from a vi- uh arcade game to the NES. That's one of the best ports. I kinda remember this game. And I haven't played Willow. I need to get a copy of Willow.
1: Like the movie?
2: Uh no. Uh, it was a Cap- <laughs> there was a licensed Capcom game for the Nintendo of, of the movie Willow.
1: But I've never played it. I did it. not know that. Yeah. That's actually really cool. Uh yeah, so Mega Man and Bass was actually released. Um it was released in Japan for the Super Famicom in April of 1998 but then was later ported to the Game Boy Advance mm. in 2002 and was released in America okay. in March of 2003. Well, that's why I'd never heard of it. So let's see. Um yeah, I mean it's essentially a a spin-off game where Bass is like a an evil version of Mega Man.
2: Oh, uh, okay. That's a stupid name. <laughs>
1: And I was like, is Mega Man going fishing or something?
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or is he? Or is he? Is he bass fishing or is he playing bass for a band?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mega Man rock band.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history, shall we? Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Mega Man, November first of nineteen ninety, Mega Man three is released in the U.S. Um, I just got my copy of that a few months ago. I need to do a review of that.
1: Yes, you do. It's crazy how the box art improved for that series. Oh yeah, as it progressed. Like I, I actually, I, I like the Mega Man three box art a lot.
2: Did you see? Uh, did you ever see any gameplay of uh, Resident Evil three, the remake for Resident Evil three? Mm-mm. Um, they have a a Capcom biz, uh like office in the game, and if you go in that office, there's uh like a statue of the original weird looking Mega Man from the the uh, the original Mega Man box art, and it, it's awesome. Uh, it's, That's re- I you love should try that. to look that up on YouTube when we're done.
1: I like that a lot, actually. It's so ugly, (laughs) (laughs) but the thing is, like, it's so bad that it's in a way part of video game lore.
2: Honestly, it may be one of those things that, like, it was so bad that it made people wonder what the hell it was as a game, and maybe sold more copies than it did. (laughs) I don't, and it's it's also like gives like it makes people talk about Mega Man. Because they're like, man, that box art sucks, but they're talking about Mega Man. So maybe it yeah. was a good decision to put that ugly-ass artwork
1: on the front. Brilliant marketing. Mm-hmm. In November of 1991, Nintendo releases Metroid 2, The Return of Samus for the Game Boy in North America. Actually, very underrated Metroid game. I remember you enjoying uh, rev- that, that game when yep. you reviewed it. Yeah, I reviewed it uh, when we did Metroid Month while back here Mm -hmm. on the show it's and i feel like a lot of game boy games from that era got overlooked because they were on the game boy because it's still like people enjoyed the game boy but it wasn't as popular as the home consoles. so games like this Mm you know, the mario land series and even you know links awakening up until recently weren't as talked about even though the game boy did have really good games and this was one of them
2: yeah, it's weird that Metroid was such a a huge title for Nintendo back in the day. It's kind of a, weird why they they put Metroid 2 on the Game Boy but they never made a Metroid 2 for the NES.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. It didn't really make much sense.
2: Yeah. Uh November 23rd of 1993 Sega releases Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball. For the sake of Genesis, and uh, I reviewed this a while back. I enjoy Sonic Spinball a good bit. It's one of those games you can just pick up and play, even though it's kind of it it is kind of frustrating. But it's just kind of mindless fun. There's like nothing really you got to think about. It's just it's just pinball. So if you like pinball and you like Sonic, you'll like Sonic Spinball.
1: It's a marriage between two game types that you wouldn't think work, but actually work really well together. Like yeah. you you think oh Sonic pinball game. After a second you're like, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's <laughs> it's a it's a fun game. Like I I didn't have it for the Genesis, but I did have it for the Game Gear. Yeah. And it was it was a lot of fun. I I like uh, Sonic Spinball.
2: Yeah, I mean if I had a Sega, I mean I do have a Sega Genesis console, but I'm not going to go out of my way to go find a copy of Sonic Spinball, but if it's on a collection of Sonic games, or you know, it it's on the the G- Genesis Mini. Like it's it's a fun game to just fire up and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to kill some time for a bit, mm-hmm. it's a great game to do it. That'd be a fun game to play on the Switch. Oh, for sure. I wonder if it's it's on is it on Sonic Mania or the the compilation Sonic?
1: Mm, I'm not sure.
2: I have to look and see.
1: On November 21st of 1994, Nintendo releases Rare's Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo, featuring 3D pre-rendered graphics, and also introduces the characters of Diddy Kong and King K. Rule, one of the best Super Nintendo games of all mm-hmm. time. I know We've praised this game endlessly on the show, and it was actually one of the first games I think that I ever mm-hmm. reviewed it still when we looks, started this show.
2: Looks so good. I mean, it is... It still goes down to me as one of the best look- looking video games of all time. I mean, it still looks great to this day.
1: Well, graphics wise, especially with the backgrounds, I felt like was ahead of its time mm-hmm. because okay. I, I don't remember playing a game that looked like Donkey Kong Country. Like it, it was. This was three years into the Super Nintendo being around, and already. You know, there was a company that was pushing the graphic limits of what the console could do. And that with a style that hadn't really been seen by the public before. Yeah, and and not just that, but it actually plays really well. Like it's not just a great looking game. It's a great game to play. Yeah. And the you know, the two sequels to it are are good as well, so... That's the thing I, about I the love, game. I, I mean, love Donkey Kong Country. It
2: looks great, and, and the controls are just... They're like... Even to, to this day, man, they're just... They're like butter. <laughs> they're so good.
1: hmm
2: And, like, the only... And it's one of those games, like, the controls are so good that you're... it. You're only as good at the game as you practice, you know? Yeah. Because it... it, it if you suck at the game, it's because you just suck as a player. <laughs> I yeah. don't know any other way to say it, because like, those those controls are perfect.
1: No, agreed.
2: Uh, also on the uh, November 23rd of 1994, Blizzard Entertainment releases the real-time strategy game Warcraft, which spawns a franchise and influences many later games. You can say that again.
1: Warcraft did okay for itself.
2: Yeah, it did. I never played any of the real-time strategy games back in the day.
1: Well, you know, another thing about Warcraft, I believe it's Warcraft, created the uh, one of the most infamous internet videos of all time. Oh, yeah. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I never really got into the real-time strategy stuff until a few years ago really i well i'd say the xbox 360 era with the uh was civilization revolution that was really the first game that kind of made me like the real time strategy genre um even though it's not quite the same you know as as the warcraft type game. so so because of uh the sid meier's game i went on to play um uh I suppose the other Blizzard game that they had, the, the space one. Not Warcraft, but uh, not Spacecraft. Was it Starcraft? <laughs> Starcraft. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word. Star. Uh, but yeah, I played Starcraft for a while, and that was fun. And I've played a few real-time strategy games since then. Uh, it's a good genre I like, but it, it's got to be something that, you know, uh, a franchise that I enjoy.
1: I think with real time strategy games, I would love to play them, but knowing my personality when it comes to video games, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything else. Like I like I have an actual like slight problem when it comes to certain games. Yeah. And that- I, I knew if I got into Warcraft, there was a Star Wars one several years ago that I briefly got into. But I started playing it so much that I was like, I've got to, I have to stop.
2: What was the Halo game? Was it Halo Wars that was out, I think, for the original Xbox? Yeah, that one was really
1: good. I played that one too. I really liked that one. Yeah, that one was really good. On November 19th of 1998, Half-Life is released by Valve for Microsoft Windows. People still wanting Half-Life 3.
2: Yeah, st- well, they kind of got a Half-Life 3 with uh, the VR Half-Life game that they just released not too long ago.
1: This also was released for uh, PlayStation 2. So yeah. I-, I-, I never played the Half-Life game. I-, I mean, I know how popular it was. Back in the day, because I remember just seeing stuff about it almost, you know, ad nauseum. Yeah, how popular this franchise was, but I, I never
2: played it. Oh God, people are crazy over Half Life. People love that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, uh, November twenty second of nineteen ninety nine, Rare releases Donkey Kong sixty four for the N sixty
0: four. Never of, played that one.
1: To me, it's a little underrated, and it gets more hate than it should the it's a little collectible heavy would be like my biggest critique of it because you have to play as five different characters. Mm. So there's like, you know, coins and like if you're a perfectionist, there are like coins and bananas that you can collect that are specific to each, uh, each Kong. So say like, if you're playing as donkey Kong, the bananas and coins you collect will be yellow. For Diddy Kong, they'll all be red. For Lanky Kong, they're blue. And they, they change, you know, depending on what character you're using. So it in a way, you're having to go through each world five different times. Oh, yeah, that sucks. So it's, it's a lot, but I, I, I still enjoy the game. Yeah. You know, it's one that I know I don't have to collect every single thing. But because to me, like that would just drive me insane if yeah. I tried to get everything from every character. But it, it's a it's a fun game to play, and it, it adds some cool new characters to the Donkey Kong universe. Yeah. And it's it's a rare game, so like I'm gonna be a little biased on yeah. that. But it's <laughs> but it's it, it's it's worth playing. I, I like Donkey Kong '64. And then to close us out for this month in video game history, November seventeenth of two thousand. THQ releases WWF No Mercy for the N64 which is regarded as one of if not the best wrestling game ever created. Yeah,
2: I remember you talked we've talked about this in the past. The uh, the I WWF reviewed, games for the Nintendo 64.
1: Yeah, I I haven't reviewed No Mercy yet. I have reviewed WrestleMania 2000 which I actually prefer over No Mercy just because I like the story mode mm-hmm. of uh, WrestleMania 2000. And what was cool was to me being able to unlock everything from that game. And you could do it through No Mercy, too, but I strictly remember from WrestleMania 2000, you know, unlocking the different uh, characters that Mick Foley portrayed. Yeah. And then going through the whole story as Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then when you get to WrestleMania, once you beat whoever you're playing, then Shawn Michaels comes out as a hidden character, and you have to beat him in order to unlock him. And you and you do the same thing with No Mercy too. That I think when it comes to the creator wrestler mode, No Mercy has Mania two thousand beat, mm-hmm. but they're they're both they're both really fun games. I, I should review uh, No Mercy like early next year, maybe around WrestleMania time.
2: Yeah, because I hopefully Retro Mania Wrestling will be out soon too. They that thing I know, was supposed to be out like six months ago.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to come out in July. Yeah, June or July. At least that's what I thought. There.
2: Still not out. <laughs> come on, yeah, guys. Yeah, I've
1: been i mean, I've mean, been waiting for it. Me too. It, it looks like a really, really fun uh, game. I know. I want to play it online with you. And it's going to be so much fun once it does come out. And we'll do a dual I can't review wait do for that. it. Yes. Um,
2: but before we go into the review for tonight, Derek has
1: shout-outs. Yes, as always, we're glad to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Armez Jackson, Xblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, and Tyler Watson. Thank you guys so much, as always, for keeping the lights on here on the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And because you keep us at the $50 level, we will continue to do fun commentary tracks and actually this weekend we will be recording the commentary track for batman mask of the phantasm Mm -hmm. which i cannot wait for because i love that movie so much me too so we'll be doing that and we do have a couple of new uh features that i know jason and i talked about over over the break that we'll get into uh at the end of the show but there will be some new things coming to the patreon so if you want to be a part of it Just head over to patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro.
2: And tonight, Derek's going to be talking about...
1: So this week I will be reviewing Altered Beast for the, it was originally released in arcades in August of 1988. How crazy is that? This game was released in the 80s. I initially thinking about it, I thought it was like, you know, 92 or 93 Mm -hmm. when this game came out. But this was, this was one of the first, uh,
2: this was actually the pack-in game before Sonic.
1: Yep, for the the Sega Genesis, yeah. So it's a 1988 beat-em-up arcade game developed and manufactured by Sega. And I remember vaguely knowing about this game when I was a kid, because I remember back in the day when they would have the actual consoles out on display in stores that you could play, Mm -hmm. Altered Beast was an option. Now, I never played it, but i remember just hearing the title and then there's a a game show that i used to watch that i've mentioned a couple of times on the show called nick arcade where as part of the the game show the contestants could play uh select demos from certain games and they would have to meet like a certain objective and one of them was Altered Beast so i knew the name from early on but you know when it came to the genesis i was I strictly used it to play Sonic, and I didn't really have any other games for it. But when I saw that this was on the Genesis Mini, I was like, okay, well, I'll finally get to try it. And not knowing a ton about it, you know, and that was one of the things that I wanted to do when it came to playing the game. Like, I knew a little bit about it, but I wanted to just kind of dive in before I actually learned more about it. Mm -hmm. So... The game itself is set in ancient Greece uh, and follows a player character resurrected by Zeus to rescue his daughter Athena from the ruler of the underworld known as Neph. Now, that initially drew me into the game because when I was in college, I took a mythology class my freshman year and learned a lot about Greek mythology. And I, I love like Greek and Norse mythology specifically
2: yeah same here
1: Yeah, there's just something about you know the story of you know the gods who can do all these different things like you have zeus who's you know the leader over everyone and you have other gods that do specific things and have specific abilities and reading the stories of like how they work together and everything and even like feud with each other it was something that you know when i was in college i was like immediately drawn to so that, that kind of drew me in. But unfortunately, that's about where the enjoyment of the game stops.
2: <laughs> One thing I, I like about this, it says that Altered Beast was developed um, and took inspiration for the game from the howling and the music video for uh, Thriller.
1: I can kind of see that. Yeah. <laughs> a, a little bit. But my, my thing is, I didn't know that this was initially an arcade game. I didn't read that until after I started playing it. Once I read that, it made sense that it was initially an arcade game because it plays a lot like one. Uh-huh. It's not very long. I believe there are only five or six worlds that you go through, and none of them are very long. Uh-huh. And there, there are some cool aspects of the game. So essentially what you do is you go through different worlds. As I mentioned, you play as a character who is resurrected by Zeus, essentially to be Zeus's champion to rescue Athena from the ruler of the underworld. So you go through these different worlds. You're fighting demons, werewolves, other types of creatures, and you get these things called spirit balls, and you get stronger the more you collect. So you, you play as like a, like a generic Greek warrior who's wearing like a singlet, and his look changes a bit for every spirit ball you get. So you're, uh, after you collect one, like his muscles get a little bit bigger and like the top part of the singlet, you know, is kind of ripped a bit. You collect the second one, the top part of it rips completely. You're like buff as hell. <laughs> you, you,
2: you look like a pro wrestler. Isn't it weird? Like the bigger you get in the game, your head never gets any bigger. So it's just like your head stays the same size, but your body yeah. keeps getting bigger. Like that's weird. <laughs> you essentially have no neck. Whatsoever. It's,
1: it's just one muscle.
2: Yeah. Like that's weird.
1: It, it's so weird. It's so but weird. uh the <laughs> I, love, I love that. Song. Oh my god, it's so weird. Oh my god, it's so but... weird. <laughs> Mr. Carter. <laughs> oh man. The the transformations in this game are cool, so I, I will give it that. And the, the transformations change depending on what world you're in. So once you collect your third spirit ball, you transform into a different creature. So in the first world, you're a werewolf. But get this, in the second world, and I think this might be my favorite, you're a were-dragon.
2: Mm, awesome.
1: A combination between a werewolf and a dragon. <laughs> and the first time that happened, I'm like oh my god, I can fly, I'm going so fast, I can't control myself.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I never made it that far. I didn't even get past the first level. I played for a little bit, and I was like, eh, this ain't my thing.
1: Yeah, and I made it to the third world before I before I stopped playing. But the thing with this game is that it's just so repetitive mm. and not in the good way. It works as an arcade title. Yeah but as a console game it, it does not like if they added a little bit to it and maybe added like 3 or 4 more worlds to it then i could see it being a, a a decent game like not a great game but a solid game but just to do a straight port of the arcade i i got if i'm being perfectly honest i got bored with it pretty quickly
2: yeah it there was just something about those er, you know those early ports where the games that were designed like this they were designed to be quarter munchers is what they they were, so they were the difficulty was kind of crazy hard, like you know like um uh ghouls and ghosts or ghosts and goblins or you know arcade yeah. games that were ridiculously hard, and they were designed that way to just be you know like like I said, just to take your money and they directly port them to. The the home console, but yeah, it's weird because, like, I don't remember... In this game, do you get infinite, like, uh, continues or lives in this game? No. No, and that's the thing. Like, you don't get... Like, in the arcade, you could just keep pumping in quarters until you defeat the game. The home console, you get, like, three lives and no continues, and you have to just start back over from the beginning yep. over and over again. And it just gets so old and
1: repetitive. Well, I'm not going to lie. The, f- I made it to the second world. I had no lives left. I died about halfway through the, through my playthrough of it. And my initial thought was, okay, well I'll just start at the beginning of this level again, but no, it takes you back to the very beginning. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> this sucks.
2: That stuff's okay when you're like eight or nine because you got nothing else to do, you know, but yeah. sit and play these games over and over again. When you're almost forty, or you're like me over forty, you're just like, You're gonna put me with the, like back at the beginning of the level. I'm done. I don't have time for this crap.
1: Well, on a lighter note, let me list off the transformations for you. Okay. So you got a werewolf a Thunder Were-Dragon, a Were-Bear, which sounds like a <laughs> mythical creature from South Park, uh-huh. a Were-Tiger. Oh, cereals. <laughs> like Man-Bear Pig. Or, uh, or the final one, a Golden Werewolf. Ooh. So each one has its own different abilities. Like with the when you're the Were-Dragon, you can shoot lightning bolts. Um, The Were-Bear... Um, has breath that I think like turns enemies to fossils. And then a werewolf is just, you know, like really fast and you you can throw like projectiles and whatnot. And then you fight Nef at the end of each world. He just basically takes on a different form. And that was the thing too is like the the two boss battles I did were like too easy. Yeah. So it was just like it, and I, I hate to keep going back to this point, but I, I feel like I have to keep saying it because that's what I kept thinking over and over as I was playing this game. If I were playing this in an arcade, I would be okay with it. Yeah. But just as a straight port to the Genesis, I'm sorry, but it just doesn't work. You gotta, you gotta give me a little something more, like a, a little bit of a longer game or different abilities. Things like that, you know, are different, like different attacks when you're just a normal human, mm-hmm. instead of just you know, punch, kick, and jump. So, and it's, I know it's kind of a shorter review, but it's really kind of, it's kind of a cut and dry type of game. Like it's just, it's okay. Like I've definitely played worse games and reviewed them on the show, but. It's not one that I really have any desire to go back and play again. Yeah. Or or even to really recommend that anybody play. It's well, like if you if you had a Genesis mini and you're like should I play Alter Beast? I'd be like nah, you're probably good skipping it.
2: Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. Like it's a really it's a blessing that Sega came up with Sonic because if without Sonic, we wouldn't be talking about the Genesis today. Right, because yeah. altered beasts, I mean, for for you know, it was the original pack-in game, and it's a decent game to get with your console, but it's not one of those games that people talk about today, and there's a reason for that. And you you hit it, you know, you explain that in the review that it's just it's so it's a direct port of the the arcade game, the arcade. but there's nothing special about it. There's nothing that sets it apart. It's just your basic side scrolling beat 'em up there's nothing there's there's just nothing that's great about it, you know, like Mario or sonic so if it wasn't well, for sonic i I don't know if the if the Genesis would have lasted like it did.
1: I don't think it would have if I'm being honest and I was actually looking forward to playing this game because, as I mentioned at the beginning of the review, it was one that I've known about for a long time, but knew little to nothing about it. And then when I saw that it had a a Greek mythology aspect to it, I was like, oh, this is actually a a cool thing. But that was actually one of the things that um, was not about the game, was that the... um, uh, computer and video games criticized the game's plot as being unoriginal and the graphics as large and clumsily drawn. Yeah. Uh, Your Sinclair stated that the game was not recommended to those that are still living, which I think is a bit harsh. Okay. <laughs> uh, by contrast, Crash called the graphics nifty and suggested that despite the repetitive plot, the gameplay is compelling. Uh, the game's machine offered a positive review, stating that while the game is not highly visual like Outrunner Space Harrier, The gameplay makes the game worth a play. I will say this, if they if they had just added a little something, like maybe given you when you're a human, maybe you have the ability to get like a sword or some type of weapon to give it that little bit of an extra something. Yeah. And and not just be like, here's what was in the arcade. Because arcade games are different than console games. Like Mm -hmm. People don't really talk about it, but arcade games aren't meant to be like these long-term, compelling games because you go to an arcade for, what, at most a couple of hours. Yeah. And chances are you're not going to stand there and play the exact same game every single time. Like, with Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, it works because of the multiplayer aspect Mm -hmm. of it. You can port that game straight to, you know, like the suit. I mean, they did it similar to Turtles in Time. You can have someone else play with you and go through that game and it makes it fun. Well, they also,
2: when they ported the, the arcade game to the NES, even though people say the NES version isn't anywhere near as good as the arcade version, they still added levels to it when they put it on the NES because they, I mean, that's a relatively short game without those extra levels.
1: Yeah, and, and I feel like this was a game that had I just sat down and just kept playing it, I feel confident that I could have beaten it. But that that should tell you wh- what this game is, in my opinion, because yeah. it was one that you know I, I've played it over the span of a couple of days and just kept trying to get back into it. But once I got to a certain point and just kept dying, like when I made it to the third world died and then had to go all the way back from the beginning. I was just like I can't do it. Yeah. Well, I felt I, I the just... same
2: I felt the same way you did when I first played it. You know, it was one of the first games I played when I got the Genesis mini cuz this is one of the games I remember from 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 being a kid and it you know it was one of the the original packing games for the Genesis. So kind of had that mystique about it and it was one of those games that I was always kind of around um you know throughout the life of the Genesis and uh, never got to play it. And I was excited to, to jump into it, and I think I played it for maybe 10 minutes. I was I was already bored. I was like, eh, this ain't my thing.
1: Yeah. And and that's kind of how it was with me, too. So, I mean, I don't want to... I'm not going to give it like a 1, because it wasn't that bad. But if I were to give it a score on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say like a 4. Yeah. Slightly below average. I mean, trust me, I've played far worse games Mm -hmm. than Altered Beast. But it's one that I wouldn't go out of my way to play again, nor would I really recommend to anybody. Yeah,
2: it's just, it's so middle of the road, you know? Yeah. Doesn't do anything great. It's it's not terrible, but it's not good.
1: Well, we've said it before, you know, not every single game that we review on the show is going to be that, you know compelling epic amazing video game like there there are some that are just okay and that's mm-hmm. how i would describe altered beast as being okay yeah graphically i don't think it's terrible the gameplay isn't terrible it's just a very meh yeah
2: <laughs> i get it totally i feel the exact same way when i as soon as i played it i played it for a few minutes and i was like this is not great. Meh. Meh. I'm
1: curious as to like when I told you what I was going to review, how did you react to it?
2: I was I was like I, I'm glad you did the review and not me because I would have probably been a little bit more harsher on it.
1: But see, I, I review bad games.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to be <laughs> I didn't want I wouldn't want to be too harsh on it, but at the same time, it's just so it's so mediocre.
1: Yep. I think that's actually the, the perfect way to sum it up. It's mediocre.
2: Yeah. Um, well, that's going to do it for the review for tonight. We got a few things to talk about um, for you guys, especially you patrons. Um, we got some changes coming up in January that me and Derek have been talking about uh, for the show. One of the biggest ones is actually um, we're going to be changing recording nights. We're going to record on Thursday night starting uh, 1st of January. We're gonna start instead of uh, seven thirty on Wednesdays. We're moving to eight o'clock uh, Thursday nights. So that's eight o'clock Central, nine o'clock Eastern, um, six o'clock Pacific. Um, oh, mixmaster, you're you're very welcome for this pre-Thanksgiving show. We wouldn't miss it, man. We had we had to be here. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're gonna do another thing that uh, I've been talking to. Uh, um our community manager uh uh Bethany Fox over on our Discord community manager about doing a co- we're going to do a community spotlight here on the show um, once a month or once every two months where we take somebody uh like Bethany Fox he's, he's going to be our first one we talk to uh about being our community manager what he you know sounded like what he does just kind of spotlight people in our community do like maybe a little 10 10-minute um, interview, 10-12-minute interview that we're going to put into the shows. Um, so you guys and, and the the patrons, you're going to get <clears throat> your time in the sun to kind of, you know, if you've got projects in the works or you want to just come on and just talk, uh, you know, a little interview about what you like about games, some of your favorite games, whatever. We're just going to do a community spotlight section on the shows probably about once a month. And um, Derek, you want to talk about the uh, the Patreon polls? Coming up.
1: Yeah, so this is something else that Jason and I had talked about. Uh so starting December first, we're gonna be posting uh monthly polls on uh the Patreon. What we're gonna do is once a month, we are going to instead of doing a review, we're going to highlight a certain franchise and talk about, you know, our experiences, playing those games, thoughts on some of the stories, like anything related to that franchise. And you guys get to vote on what we talk about. So at the beginning of every month, we'll be posting a poll with you know three to four different options. The poll will stay up through the entire month, and then whatever wins, that will be the monthly topic that we discuss. So I, I'm I'm really looking forward to that because I know I've had a blast doing it for my show. I'll be excited to start doing it for this show because there's so many great franchises. Yeah. That we can talk about, like how many tangents have we gone off on oh, yeah. about Zelda? Well, not
2: only that, but I mean, you, you, you patrons, uh, if you have an idea for, you know, uh, a franchise you'd like us to talk about to add to the uh, the list, just you know, you can message us on Patreon, you can email us, you can get a hold of us on Twitter. <clears throat> we're we're very easy to get a hold of. Uh, and if you haven't joined, your most of you guys are on our Discord. Uh, if you want to be a part of our Patreon, you're please you're welcome. Come on in, join our community. Um, be a part of our Discord. We need to actually send that link out um, every other day. I keep forgetting to do that. But we have a thriving Discord community of really good people. And uh, just if you like the show and you want to be a part of a really good community, you're you're more than welcome to join us.
1: Absolutely.
2: So some some good stuff coming up
1: uh, here in the new year.
2: Yes, mixmaster. You should join Twitter and uh, see the awfulness of humanity with the rest of us. <laughs> it's not. I don't think it's as bad as Facebook, though. Facebook is terrible.
1: Twitter is at least like the fun type of bad. Facebook, you just get angry. But but Twitter, like I, Twitter, I get entertained by. Yeah by watching people lose their mind about stuff.
2: I have an easier time on Twitter finding uh people that have similar interests as far as video yeah. games and stuff like that. It's very easy to find um you know, different communities to be a part of. Like that's how I got into the the uh, the speedrunning community uh with the the retro uh, the retro uh, uh game speedruns that I've been doing the last couple of months like that's a really cool community to be a part of and it's it's a fun community and um so yeah you should join twitter it's pretty nice over there you you can yeah. it's easier to filter out the crap on twitter i find yeah but uh that's pretty much gonna uh be the end of the show i think unless you got anything else you want to throw out there before we go
1: uh, real quick, if you haven't listened yet, check out the Ninja Turtles yes. roundtable that we did for the Derek Diamond experience. One of the most fun podcasts I've ever done.
2: Mm-hmm. That I've was been podcasting for a while. I had a lot of fun doing that show. I went back and listened to it. I was like, man, this is such a good show.
1: Well, and I, I think you know the three of us just have really good chemistry together. And the fact that it's a movie that the three of us like quite a bit, and we knew a lot about it made it even better but no that that was one of the most fun discussions that i've ever had on a podcast so uh go check that out and then next wednesday before we're back here on nerd cave retro i will be doing a live episode of the Derek diamond experience top five christmas movies oh
2: sweet i I could tell you what my favorite one is
1: is it uh does it star bruce willis
2: well, well, yeah, uh, yeah, I would say that, but that's not necessarily my favorite Christmas movie, though.
1: What is your favorite Christmas movie? Shitter was full. Uh, <laughs> that that's going on my list too. That movie's so freaking that's good, so good. Yep, I'm gonna have to watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles tomorrow. Yeah, I gotta watch it that's too. My, um, that's my Thanksgiving tradition.
2: Dutch is a good Thanksgiving uh, watch too, with uh, Ed O'Neill.
1: You know, there really aren't that many Thanksgiving movies. No, not really. At, at least not that I can think of off the top of my head.
2: And we could watch the, uh, the the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving where they're racist against Franklin and make the poor kid sit on one side of the table by himself because nobody wants to sit near the black kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What can you say? It was the 60s.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like... I, I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> want to get.
2: I don't want to get into a racist discussion. Today. Um, the only thing I have to say before we go is go check out Open Micers. We've been getting some great interviews lately, and um, go check out episode twenty-seven, last week's episode. Um, it's got we talked to uh, Scott Page, who is an American musician, uh, technologist, and entrepreneur. Uh, He played saxophone and rhythm guitar with Pink Floyd, Super Tramp, and Toto, and also Diana Ross, uh, which was awesome. It was a great interview with him. Go check that out, at Open Micers on Twitter, and uh, I think it's Open Micers on Facebook, too. Absolutely. And that's going to do it for this week, so let's go ahead and play our music. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at NerdCaveRetro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter, at NerdCaveRetro, and individually at JFunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. We are at Facebook at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro, and of course our Patreon at Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro, where you can throw us a couple of bucks a month to keep us above that $50 level, and we will continue to do those commentary tracks for you. And like Derek said, this week we're doing Mask of the Phantasm. This Sunday. So if you're a patron, you're going to get that a week before everybody else. And if you can't do that, can't throw us a buck a month, we understand. Go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. So Derek, please, tell them what it's all about.
1: Gobble, gobble. Yes.